millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot oh. and finds the net. On TalkSport 2. Good evening, how are you? And welcome along to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Siobhan with you in for Faye Carruthers tonight. Women's football fever continues up and down the country as thousands of fans turn out for their teams in the WSL this weekend. Should clubs be aiming to play all of their games at the main stadiums going forward. England hero Beth Mead remains very much so on fire after opening the scoring at the North at London Derby on Saturday. Is she en route for the golden boot? Mead, left hand edge of the penalty area, wearing number nine, drills it in low, clearance comes back to her, and Beth Mead curls it right-footed into the top corner. It is a typically stunning goal, and the European Championships golden boot winner picks up where she left off. Or perhaps her lioness comrade Rachel Daly will be in contention after another goal for Aston Villa, who put two past Leicester City at the King Power Stadium. And Chelsea back to winning ways, picking up all three points against Manchester City. Here is Fleming now, driving up towards the edge of the penalty area, darting beyond the defender, right and takes over, lays it square, Kirby taps it in from 12 yards out, and Chelsea have the lead. It's a massive confidence boost for Emma Hayes' champions. And Merseyside is blue after Everton ran riot at Anfield last night. We're going to have their vice-captain, Gabby George, with us later on. All to come for you on Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Hope you're having a good Monday and hope you enjoyed the weekend. So many great games to get stuck into. I'm pleased to see with me this evening, we've got Aston Villa midfielder and from Republic of Ireland, Arusha Littlejohn. Hello, how are you? Hi, Siobhan. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very, very well, thanks. Um, You've done this show with me a couple of times in the past. Uh, It feels fair to say that we are sisters. And luckily, this isn't on camera because I'm better looking, but that's fine. Um, We know that you're injured just now. What's the latest with the injury? Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm just currently waiting on a scan. So we'll be re-scanning, hopefully, this week. I'm hoping maybe tomorrow at a push. uh, And after that, we can see if I can then come out the boot and just kind of push on with rehab and you know, maybe do a bit more stuff like weight bearing stuff and then we can finally get back on the pitch. Well, Aston Villa, they got another win yesterday as well and you must be sitting there watching just a wee bit jealous. No, do you know what? It's great. Um, obviously, we pre-season actually wasn't wasn't great for us. So we're going, right, the season's just around the corner, but, you know, happy for us that we've managed to like pull it all together and things are going well. The girls are, you know, yesterday wasn't a great game, but mm. it doesn't matter because we've got six points on the table. So that's the main thing. Top of the league, looking down on the Chelsea, one might say. (laughs) Um, But uh, no, very, very good one. We're going to talk about that game a little bit later on as well. But good to have you with us, Rusha. We've got lots to get through. First, Saturday was a historic day for the Gunners who put four past Spurs in the north at London Derby at the Emirates Arena in front of over 47,000 fans. Here's how it sounded for you on TalkSport. Left hand edge of the penalty area, wearing number nine, drills it in low, clearance comes back to her, and Beth Mead curls it right-footed into the top corner. It is a typically stunning goal, and the European Championships golden boot winner picks up where she left off. Arsenal 
haven't really peppered the Tottenham goal with effort, but they might do again here. Tottenham have lost possession. Miedemar racing through the middle. 2-0 it is now. Mead with the outswinging delivery. Raphael's header into the back of the net. Corner taken short. Catley corner of the box. Whips in the delivery. And it's headed in again. It's Miedemar. Her second of the game. It is four for Arsenal. And it is a statement victory over their North London rivals. Tottenham do not know what's hit them, but awesome Arsenal are absolutely rampant. Arsenal 4, Spurs at nil, attendance 47,368, ticket sales 53,000 as well, that's bought and paid for tickets. Rusha, when uh, you hear this and when you watch it on the TV now, does this seem like the new normal, the way the crowds are going? I think the new normal when we know that it's going to be being played at a men's stadium, because we know now, especially after the crowds from the Euros, that's what we kick we want to kick on and see. And, you know, credit to Arsenal Football Club for, you know, getting it out there. They, you know, they got it out there to the, you know, they've got the families in, they've got young children in. But I think it, it was nice to see there was actually a mix of, like, older people in the crowd too. Like, mm. they're actually attracting, like, there are people that go and watch the men's games and they're now coming along to support the, the women's teams. And, you know, I think that's that's the thing. It's, it's to do when, you know, when the men's games aren't on. Obviously, it's International Week for the men's, so it's great to target these sort of times. You know, I don't think we're going to see it every week right now, but I think it's, you know, it's a great, it's a great way of, you know, where the game's going. And I think when we're going forward, we're going to see a lot more of it, but yeah, it won't be happening each week right now. Well, it can. The thing is, it it just can't. But it's funny because when I was there very early on Saturday morning, uh, there was a couple of the operations staff from Arsenal there and they said, um, what if this happens now moving forward? You know, what if every game we play here, you know, you sell over 50,000 tickets? The thing is, is that they're really going to have to make that change because it's good income as well um, for the club. So it is something they're going to have to consider moving forward, but they're already advertising uh, Arsenal against Manchester United at the Emirates. I think that's in November. And so many people from that game already going away, making sure they've got those tickets, trying to sort out a special occasion as well, because it's a really brilliant place to go when you get the atmosphere like that and you're at a stadium like the Emirates, because it was absolutely, it was lovely yesterday, uh, sorry, on Saturday. Um, and, and the game was good as well for Arsenal. Uh, four very big goals, uh, a good brace from Viviana Maidaman, Beth made back at it as well. Um, Beth, what do, you, what do you think of Hardest? You going for a golden boot? Look, her confidence is sky high right now. Uh, she's absolutely flying. Anything she seems to hit goes in. You know, it was actually the way um, Spurs cleared the ball and it just fell lovely to Beth again. And as soon as it fell to her, I thought, oh, goal. Because you mm. just knew she was going to wrap her foot around it and put it in the far corner. And, you know, that's something she's very good at. But yeah, like we said, her confidence is sky high and I think she will have a good run of form. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, if the form dips like it can after a major tournament, how she reacts and how she gets back to playing our best but right now she is playing her best so it doesn't matter but it'll be interesting to see midway through the season you know does, does she break down does she you know does she hit a wee confidence step but right now she's flying and it's great to see because it's common to see after a major tournament with somebody's that high it's so hard to maintain that kind of level when you come back but you know she's really kicked on and there's no sign of dip right now so it's you know it's great to see Viviana Miedema, of course, get the second goal as well. And uh, actually, when that happened, we'd just been previewing it and saying she, she hadn't scored in a few games, you know, and that's almost a drought to Viv when that happens. Um, and she managed to get back on the score sheet and then it becomes a habit with her as well. Uh, what do you make of Arsenal's attack this season? Have they got the best in the league? Mm, I think it's too early to say right now. For me... I think they have a very strong attack. And I, I see what Jonas Edevall has tried to do. You know, he's brought in a couple of Swedish signings and they're, you know, very dynamic. They're they're very um, aggressive in how they play. You know, Stina Blackstenius is, she's very fast. She she likes to stretch in behind and that's like a different dimension to Arsenal's game. So Arsenal do create a lot of chances, but do I think Stina Blackstenius is an out-and-out goal scorer? No. I think there will be some games where maybe Viviana Miedema might have to go up front or like we've seen um, on Saturday where it was Caitlin Ford that goes up front. So I think it's going to depend on what kind of game and and what player he picks. But again, that's the beauty of having a, a squad like Arsenal. And I think that's something he's tried to focus on, getting a squad that will suit each game that he plays. Um, but I think you've got to look at the likes of Chelsea and for me, when their front three is on it, they are firing too. So, yeah, I think it's too early to call, but, you know, it's going to be such a great season. 
Yeah, I actually thought Caitlin Ford had so many chances as well on the weekend in that first half. It could have easily been 4-0 inside the first half had she finished her chances. Um, and we know that Caitlin Ford can be so damaging in these games as well. Uh, I'd quite like to see more from her this season because I think she's just such a talent for that front. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think she's actually one of the players that kind of go underneath the radar because they're such big superstars like your Beth Mead and Viviana Mead in that Arsenal squad that sometimes I think Caitlin Ford doesn't actually get the credit she deserves. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, you can actually see that she's very versatile and she can play anywhere along the front three. She's a, she's a go-getter. She makes stuff happen and, and she's she's got that wee bit of fiery uh, streak to her, which I think some of the Arsenal players don't have. And I think when you play in these big matches, you've got to have players that are ready to get stuck in and, you know, get her kit dirty um, and, you know, mm. not back out of challenges. And I think she brings that too. And, you know, she's happy to drive at players. She'll commit them. She puts crosses into the box. We've seen she can score goals. She scored a goal last season at the Emirates. And I actually feel like if it was another player that had scored it, we'd still be talking about that goal. But mm-hmm. because it was Caitlin Ford, maybe she's not getting the credit that she deserves. And I think she'll know that herself. And I think she'll be looking to, you know, push on this season and get more, more assists and more goals mm-hmm. and really be pushing to start in that lineup every game. I know the goal you're talking about is the one where it kind of the ball came out and she almost, you could say this better than me, she kind of tapped it down with her studs to get the control and then lobbed it out. It was such a nice goal and that was at the Emirates as well. I actually think that was in the North London Derby, you know, uh, such a good goal from her. Um, and she's a great person as well. We were talking uh, earlier on yesterday about this, about the amount of um, depth that Jonas Edeval has now on the bench. You've got the likes of Jordan Nobbs, who's still ready to come on, coming back from an injury and feeling pumped. You've also got the likes of Mana Awabuchi sitting there who, who got her move to Arsenal last season, who I feel like everybody we speak to thinks she should be in that side, but she's not ever really getting the chance to start. She's got no minutes whatsoever under her belt. Why do you think that is? Honestly, I think it just comes down to a manager's preference and for how he plays and his style of football, maybe he sees it. Mana and Jordan don't quite fit into that style right now. Um, honestly, I think Mana Iwabuchi is outstanding and I think she could actually play in any of the top three teams in this league. But if your manager has a certain style and a certain way and a preference and she doesn't fit, then that's it. And it, it's such a shame because it's such a waste of talent. Um, mm. But this is football and, and that, that's that's what it comes down to. Well, speaking of the manager, Jonas Deval for Arsenal spoke to us about his side's performance at full time on Saturday. He said he's worked his whole career for a day like this. Right before the game, uh, just sitting in the dugout and seeing the atmosphere, that was a split second there. I become very emotional, saying it's, it's it's for moments like this that I think I have worked my whole coaching career, and I think the players have worked for that as well. But then when the game started, of course, you have to be focused on the on the objective that we're going to try and uh, and create and I was so proud of us not stressing on the ball because we came from the Ajax game we stressed too much on the ball there and great teams they have the ability to learn from their mistakes it's when you learn from your mistakes that you will develop as a team and that was really really nice to see that we did that today on an occasion like this Jonas Edeval there uh, speaking to Talk Sports Joe Shannon after the game uh, Rusha there can't be any room for slip-ups for Arsenal this season as we know with this league you miss a couple of games you lose a couple of games and you know your chances of winning hang in the balance but do you think they've got what it takes this time yes again I think it's going to be a tight league, I think it will possibly go all the way again. You know, Chelsea have already slipped up. We'll call it slip up. I mean, it's not really a slip up. It was day one of the season. Mm. Then they bounced back again, you know, yesterday. Arsenal, I think, main issue is going to be Champions League. If they, they've got a big game coming up tomorrow, uh, yeah. sorry, on Wednesday against Ajax away. So for them, that's a massive challenge. They'll be looking to go and do the business and remain in Champions League. If they remain in Champions League, that's where it's going to get a lot tougher because it's such a grueling schedule. You know, you can have two and three games a week for the next few months. So that's going to be a ma- the main concern for them. And obviously, when you come back from playing in Champions League, you're tired, but you've not got time to be tired because you're right into the next fixture. So that's going to be the toughest part for them. I think Chelsea are, you know, Chelsea have been doing it a wee bit more currently than Arsenal. So I think they've kind of adapted to that better. Mm. But it's going to be really interesting. Um, but it's going to be some great games along the way. So I can't wait till the season's in full swing. I know we're getting there and then before you know it's another international break. Uh, Arsenal 4, Spurs nil at the North London Derby on Saturday. Rusha, just briefly, what happened to Spurs? I was actually 
quite disappointed in them. I wanted to see a closer game. I know it was great for the Arsenal fans at the Emirates, great day for the Gunners, but yeah, I was uh, quite disappointed in Spurs. I just felt like they, you know, I'm not really sure what the game plan was. I feel like it was maybe let's defend for our lives and we'll try and hurt Arsenal on the counter, but they just never seemed to get out of their box. They just didn't get into Arsenal's half. Um, I think it was Kaya Simon was up front herself and she had no support around her. So she was really just up there you know, chasing sort of lost causes. They just didn't look like trouble in Arsenal at all. Mm. So, yeah, you know, I think it's, it's just one game. Spurs will be looking to, you know, regroup, go again. And I don't think we'll see them perform that poorly. Let's hope not. Uh, Rianne Skinner, we know that she can have a better side uh, than that. That's for sure. Disappointing day for Spurs fans at the Emirates on the weekend. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly here on Talk Sport 2. My name's Shaban, in for Fake and others. Risha Littlejohn from Aston Villa with me as well. Coming up next, we're going to discuss Chelsea's win over Manchester City, which was live for you yesterday on Talk Sport. Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio. Hi, I'm Georgia Stanway, and you're listening to the Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. How are you? Hope you're having a good Monday and welcome along to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's footy. Aston Villa midfielder Rusha Littlejohn is with me. We're talking about their win over Leicester soon in the show. And don't forget, if you miss any of our shows here uh, with Fake or others or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app. Download it today. Just head to your app store, download, swipe across left to TalkSport 2 and you can catch us there and under the podcast area as well. Well. So after a miserable start to the season against Liverpool last weekend, Emma Hayes' side got back to winning ways, beating Manchester City 2-0. The game was live for you on TalkSport. Ericsson's high-hanging ball to the far post towards Lauren James and Fleming tried to bundle it past the goalkeeper. Couldn't do so. It seems like Chelsea are trying to work that pocket, which I understand to a certain degree, but trying to force something that just isn't there. It's a lovely ball by Wright and up the inside left channel and a poor back pass from Horton and Sam Kerr is through on goal, lays it square to Kirby who shoots off the line. Here is Fleming now, driving up towards the edge of the penalty area, darting beyond the defender, Wright and takes over, lays it square, Kirby taps it in from 12 yards out and Chelsea have the lead. Absolutely fantastic play from Chelsea, what a team goal that is. Kirby is placing the ball down on the spot and it is a Chelsea penalty kick for what looks like handball. And it's an emotional moment this for Mara and Elder is she about to end her long drought in front of goal and make the point safe for Chelsea? What a penalty kick! The champions are off and running for the new women's Super League season. Chelsea 2, Manchester City 0. There you go, Chelsea 2, Manchester City 0. I did not see the scoreline going this way, especially watching the first half. Risha Littlejohn is with me. Risha, what did you make of that performance? Yeah, look, um, I tuned into the game. I was actually trying to make my Sunday roast while I watched the game. So, you know, I was trying to juggle both tasks. But um, it was actually the start of the game. I think Man City, Man City were the better team and they'll be disappointed that they, you know, they didn't take advantage of that. But Chelsea, you know what Chelsea are like. I think they would have known they can just weather that storm and they will, they've got so many players in the team that can, you know, make a difference. And, you know, against the run of play, they go up and score. And, you know, I think that kind of knocked the stuff into Man City for a bit. And then, you know, that was it. But... Chelsea are a quality side. Man City are still trying to gel together. They've so many new signings. They've pretty much lost their entire midfield. And that is such an important part of the squad. And, you know, it's a spine of their team that they are now trying to, you know, regroup and go again. So I don't think we'll see Man City, you know, contending for the title this season. Mm-hmm. But I think Chelsea look strong. They look fresh. And I think they are going to be true title contenders again this season. Yeah, they do look like it. And like you say, I mean, the the loss against Liverpool last weekend, you said it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world because it's the first game of the season, but it's dropping points against Liverpool where you can't afford to. But a game against Manchester City is a game where you might expect that upset because City can upset Chelsea and have done in the past. Um, But I feel it's disappointing from a City perspective when they have the budget that they have and they've got the talent that they've got, you know, that they didn't manage to get a goal yesterday. Do you think perhaps they're missing a kind of fox in the box? Look, we look at Bunny Shaw and we know that she can actually score goals. She's such a threat when she's on it. But like I said, it's, it's going to take time still for them to, you know, find what makes them tick they're still learning to play with each other and I actually think it was an improvement from last week obviously we played them at Villa Park Mm. and you know watching I was in the stand watching it that's not the Man City team that I'm used to seeing 
Gareth Taylor made a few, I think he made three three changes for uh, for the game yesterday. And I actually think it was positive changes. The, the girls that came in, you know, they played well. So you can mm-hmm. see that they have made good signings. It's not like they've not spent money. They've not brought in good players. They have. It's just taken time. And I think they will get there. But I just think, you know, they're going to need to be patient. Again, they had a, they had a tough point last season, but they just need to be patient and they'll come back. But, you know, I think Buddy Shaw, she's not really got anyone challenging her. Mm-hmm. Should they have another number nine, nine in that's going to challenge her, that's going, you know, they're going to push each other on. Maybe that's one thing that they're missing. A good 2-0 win for Chelsea against Manchester City. And we actually saw Laura Coombs from Manchester City play further up yesterday. She scored against Aston Villa last week as well. Will she be Gareth Taylor's answer to goals this season up there with Bunny Shaw? And she spoke to Talk Sports Bradley Hayden on how she's looking forward to playing in front of bigger crowds this year. When you go out and you can feel the atmosphere in the stadium, it makes every player on the pitch want to give more and be better and um, do it for the fans, give them a great game to watch and, you know, just keep building the game. And hopefully if we can put those performances in this season, it won't, there won't be a drop off from the Euros. It'll just keep building. You've got quite a big chunk of uh, the Lionesses in in your squad. Players like Alex Greenwood, you know, Ellie Roebuck, Lauren Hemp, Chloe Kelly, of course, as well. Demi Stokes. What sort of impact has it had on the squad having you know since England winning the Euros and having them in having them in the dressing room? Yeah, it's massively inspiring seeing all that they went through in the summer and seeing them celebrate and all the hard work that we know they've gone through to get there it's massively inspiring and we we want to bring that success here at club level as well and just keep the ball rolling what what do you hope the legacy is from this summer's Euros to to help keep women's football going in the right direction in in the next few years yeah I just hope that the league we can keep pushing the quality and the standard of games and if someone comes to a game that they're inspired and you know they'll come back the following week and bring their I don't know other family members friends you know just to keep pushing it because it's I think it is down to us to bring the quality on the pitch for that to happen I'm sure you've seen the letter that the team sent to to the government as well calling for young girls to have more access to football at schools and and in PE as well how important is that and were you given the opportunity to, to play yourself growing up um, it's massively important. I, I actually went to a secondary school, all girls school, and we did, we didn't have football. <laughs> we had like really girly, girly sports. So I'd have loved to play football. And I think maybe if I'd have got to play football at school, would I be even like like a better player for it now? Because obviously earlier exposure. So I think why why shouldn't girls be allowed to play football at school I, that just baffles me so yeah it seems so obvious to me that that should be the case Laura Coom speaking to Bradley Hayden here on Talksport 2 you're listening to Women's Football Weekly uh, also yesterday West Ham nil and Manchester United to Risha Littlejohn is with me now Risha a big three points for Manchester United against the Hammers yeah look United will be happy to get more points on the table um, things are coming together for them too you know Mark Skinner is, you know, brought in a few signings and it'll be interesting to see how they do because, you know, I was actually sad to see them, you know, Jackie Groening go. I'm a big fan of her and I think I she's a great player, but, you know, she wasn't playing as much last season, so I understand why she was wanting to get out. Um, but, you know, I think United are still going to be a strong team. You know, the way they play, they play very fluid. They've got strong players, they're very organised. When do you see Manchester United starting to challenge then maybe not for a title but look for some silverware because I would say with the budget that they've got the players that they've got it should be this season yeah it's a good question Shvan um I think everyone's waiting to see when, when that's going to be the thing with our league is you know I feel like it's always you've got Chelsea and Arsenal and Man City that have been the top three sides for so long and United are chapping at the door they're they're so close, but they're just not there yet. But I really do feel like maybe United will be hoping to get a cup at the end of the season, whether it's Conti Cup, whether it's the FA Cup. But for me, I think the Conti Cup is um, is so important too. But I think we've seen in this league, you know, I don't particularly agree with how it's set up because you could, like the likes of the big teams that come in after the other teams have all played the group stages because um, Arsenal and Chelsea have Champions League. Mm. So, you know, I don't really think it's fair how it's set up. But that's the way it is. I think teams have to, you know, focus more on that and go, you know, it's a Conti Cup. 
and we want to win it. You know, I think we've seen like in the last few seasons that teams actually play, you know, the younger players in the squad, they bring up academy players to, you know, I understand why teams do it because they want to give these players the experience to, you know, see what it's like playing in the, in the big team. But, you know, I'd like to see teams, you know, taking it a bit more serious because, I mean, it'd be great to have a, a cup under your belt, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I mean, there's always that debate whether it's silverware or league positioning. Um, and we focus on that all the time. But I think for Manchester United, actually, to be able to get a trophy um, would be a huge achievement for them this season. And I definitely think they've got the squad to do it. Um, but yeah, Paul Koncheski, let's focus on the West Ham Hammers for just a second as well. They did have a goal. It was ruled offside, uh, scored by Lucy Parker as well. Thoughts on West Ham this season? Should they be looking to aim for fourth, fifth, or is that out of their league just now? I think there's a few teams that will be aiming to you know, finish higher up the table. Yes, West Ham will be one of them, but I don't think they're ready in their development yet to you know secure fourth position. Like we've spoke about, we have, you know, Chelsea, Arsenal, Arsenal, Man City, you've got United. I just don't think West Ham have the strength and depth and squad to, you know, finish that high up the table yet. But I think, you know, you could be looking to play mid-table. Sixth position, seventh position is a good place to end up, especially with the recruitment they've done. They've a lot of new players again, new players into the WSL that haven't played in this league for so long. So, you know, I think they've gone to need to, you know, give it time and see how they get on. But I think fourth is too much too soon. Okay, West Ham facing Chelsea in their next game as well. We're going to have it live for you as well on Talk Sport 2 midweek. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly here on Talk Sport 2. My name is Shaban. Rusha Littlejohn from Aston Villa is with us as well coming up next. Let's talk about the Merseyside Derby. Women's Football Weekly. That is absolute top quality on Talk Sport 2. Good evening, how are you? Hope you're having a wonderful Monday. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly here on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. My name's Shabana Hearn, in for Fake Others tonight, and Risha Littlejohn from Aston Villa and Republic of Ireland is with me as well. And don't forget, if you miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so you can head there now, download it today, and listen back any time you want. We're going to get through some of the weekend results uh, coming up in this section, but we have to focus on the Merseyside derby. Liverpool nil, Everton three. And I, I sat down last night, put on the TV, got the kids to bed, and was able to sit down on the couch and watch live on Sky Sports uh, the the women's Merseyside derby at Anfield. 27,500 fans at Anfield last night, Russia. How incredible is that? Yeah, it was absolutely great to see. It was nice turning on the TV and seeing the cop end full. Mm. Uh, Anfield, Anfield, so that was really, really good. I do wonder what it was to do, why it was such a late kickoff. Maybe it was something to do with Sky and, you know, the TV rights, because I think if it was earlier, obviously we've seen the, the Chelsea Man City game was on, so that would clash. But I think there would have been a lot more fans if it was, you know, not a Sunday evening kickoff. Yeah. But still at that, wow, 27,000 at Anfield for a, a, women's, a women's derby, that was great. And what was interesting as well is that they announced that they stopped selling the tickets at four o'clock on the Friday because they had to prepare for the amount of medics and police that they were going to have there in attendance on the Sunday night. So they stopped selling the tickets on the Friday. But I actually think had the had you know all eyes been on the game on Saturday at the North London Derby, then more people were going to want to go to the you know the Merseyside Derby as well. Um, so it feels like the start is something indeed, and we all know that later kickoff time and how much of a family friendly audience the women's game is. Uh, it might not suit families to be there, but I thought last night looked absolutely incredible. And I have to say, Everton would be the side that I would be concerned concerned with and I can't help that because they had such a bad season you know last season they had more managers um than than anybody last season has ever had in the WSL in one season but now under Brian Sorensen I thought yesterday they looked tidy I totally agree with you we played them a few weeks back in pre-season and you know it really took us a while to work out what they were doing they were very dominant in possession the rotation was good they were causing us a lot of trouble. Um, so I think last week is not how they wanted to start their season. So I'm not really sure what happened there. Maybe it was just the you know, start of the season nerves that had kicked in, but it was nice to see them sort of bounce back, go to Anfield and totally dominate Liverpool. I think they've made some great signings and 
to see Jess Park play. She just was flying. She was unstoppable. She's so composed on the ball. She's so direct. And I think she's going to be a, a big player for them this season. She got the goal yesterday, the second goal. Um, the first came from Finnegan uh, and Jess Park got the second goal. A lovely run, took it round the keeper, made it look so easy. And then she got the assist for the third goal for Hannah Benison as well. And Hannah Benison's a player, you know, to come in off the bench, but being one of the most expensive players in Europe. Do you think we're going to see more from her? Absolutely. You know, we've seen her coming on in the Euros a few times for Sweden and played against her last season. And she is a quality player. It- She's so strong. She's very comfortable on the ball and she makes things happen. So I think we're going to see a lot more of her. I'm not sure why she's not starting right now, but I think if she keeps fit and keeps training well, we will see a lot more of her playing in the WSL. And I think she is a player to watch out for. I'm sure there'll be a few big teams after her too if she keeps performing. Yeah, it, it does seem like that. Let's talk about Liverpool as well. Not the game that Matt Beard would have been looking for. I actually thought they would have had more to show. Um, do you think they were lacking in something yesterday? We know Leanne Kernan is out injured now as of last week. So she's a huge loss for Liverpool. What a blow. Just her her pace at stretching back lines is it's so hard to deal with. So I think we see how Liverpool are wanting to play this season coming into WSL. They're going to want to keep it, you know, compact. I'm not saying they're going to bank up and park the bus. That's not what they're aiming to do, but they're going to try and keep it as compact as they can. And they want to hit teams on the counter. Yesterday, it just did not happen for them. And they're going to have games like that. When you've been out of the WSL, it takes time to come back Mm -hmm. in. And, you know, last last week was great for them to get three points on the table. It was probably no one really seen that coming. So they'll be so disappointed that, you know, they've they've not managed to perform and put on a show for their fans at Anfield. But, you know, I think they will be a a team to watch. I think it's going to be a, a tough season for them, but I'm sure they will get points on the table. And I think that they will stay in the league. Oh, I mean, that for me is spelling like trouble for Leicester. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But Megan Campbell for Liverpool, uh, she's somebody that we're hearing about more and more. You play with her at Republic of Ireland. Um, and Megan Campbell has this throw in uh, that is just, it's like freak of nature type stuff. It's almost like she could, she's booting it into the box. She's got the biggest hands I've ever seen. She throws the ball right into the box. And yesterday we saw it happen so many times where she's almost like setting up chances with that throw in. What a weapon to have. Yeah, it's a great weapon. You know, at Ireland, I think half of our goals probably came from that throw when Megan's playing. So mm-hmm. we know all about it. It's such a threat. It's so hard to defend against. It's it's like a free kick or a corner, but for some reason it seems even more powerful. I'm not sure why yeah. that is. Yeah. Especially if, you know, if you miss time the flight or the ball or the height of it, if it bounces, it, it causes havoc for some reason. Um, so I think teams are going to need to, you know, prepare for that, and they will be because you can see you've seen last last week against Chelsea, Chelsea mm-hmm. where you know, like right, we need to stop putting this ball out for a throw, and I think that's what teams are going to need to do when they're playing against Liverpool. It's easier said than done, but it's such a weapon. Um, I think it's to do with something to do with Megan's shoulders. Can she? Did he? Did he come out the socket or something? When no she way. The ball? It's something wild like that. I can't actually remember, but yeah, it's, it's mental. It's such a, such a weapon. It's quite terrifying, to be honest. It's the way she holds the ball as well. She's like a basketball player. You know, when you see a basketball player just standing, holding the ball and they're holding it upside down, it's like a bowling yeah. pin and she's got her fingers in it. It's, it's just, it's, it's freakishly good. And yesterday to see it in so many occasions, I'm thinking surely at some point she's going to get injured. But now, like you say, if she's like weirdly double jointed and they're able to like pop out and in, maybe she'll never ever feel sore from that. But wow, like the amount of time she saw that ball going into the box, you're thinking Liverpool have to work to just finish those chances, you know, because it's it's one of those things you think they could almost perfect in training before they take that out to the games. Oh yeah, absolutely. And look, I'm sure look Matt Beard absolutely will be doing that. And I'm, I think he'll be disappointed that, you know, they didn't make more use of it yesterday, mm. especially with the amount of throw-ins that they, they did have. Yeah. But fair play to Everton, because I'm sure they've done their homework and they managed to deal with it. So, but yeah, I think this season it's going to be huge for Liverpool, keeping Megan fit and using that throw and they'll be looking to score X amount of goals from it. 
text Megan Campbell for me and ask me ask her why she's able to do that throw in just so we can get the full picture um but yeah a strong performance from Everton yesterday uh three goals against Liverpool at Anfield and Everton's vice captain Gabby George uh took the the armband actually last night from Izzy Christensen she spoke with Talk Sports Bradley Hayden about her personal aims for this season last season seems so far away now um we've got a new manager we've got a lot of new players and I think it's been a breath of I think this season it's just about trying to find consistency in our performances and working hard and putting what the manager wants onto the pitch Um, and obviously we want to win as many games as we can we don't play not to win Um, but I think it's just making sure that we stay in a lot of the games for a lot longer than we did last season and see where it can take us. You mentioned obviously about a new manager before I touch on him Oh, despite being a disappointing season for the team last year, you, you were named as the, the club's player of the season. I mean, how much did that, that mean to you? Yeah, I think it, it meant a lot to me. I think it was my first full season back from my ACL injury, which was a tough time for me. So I think to go on and get that, it was it pushed me back to where I wanted to be. Um, I think it's always scary when you have a long-term injury and not knowing if you'll be able to become the player you was before. So when I got that and it was off the players, um, it was an amazing feeling. And you mentioned the new manager, Brian Sorensen. I mean, what's he been like to, to work with so far? Yeah, I think he's very detailed and he knows what he wants and he puts it across really well. I think um, we're all still trying to learn the style of play. It's not going to happen overnight and we all know that, but I think we're starting to see glimpses of it in the majority of our games and I think it's just trying to make it more consistent. Obviously, you, you've been known for being in and around those Champions League spaces in, in previous seasons. Is that sort of a real aim for, for the club this year? I think the aim is just to try and build on last season. I think obviously we know last season was disappointing, so we want to try and get as many wins as we can on the board and We'll just see where it leads at the end of the season. I think it's just important to concentrate on our performances and and get in the style of play right, and then we'll see where it leads. Everton's Gabby George there, vice-captain last night, taking the armband from Izzy Christensen and speaking about her her plans personally this season as well. Uh, Last night we saw her play higher up the pitch for Everton. Risha, usually we're used to see her in defence. How do you think she looked last night? I think she looked comfortable. You know, there's going to be certain games that are going to be more challenging than others I think then we'll see her maybe going back into the back line I think when games open up you know the manager's given her trust to you know play higher up and get on the ball and maybe try and dictate play or you know what what her role is going to be I'm not entirely sure right now I'm sure we'll, we'll see that as the season goes on if she's going to do a bit more of it but yeah she's a comfortable player again she's another player with that left foot and you know there's not many in the women's game and when you seem to have that foot you're you're a good player and we will be talking about you so maybe she's looking to chip in with the likes of Katie McCabe's Caroline Weirs and score screamers. Yeah, with absolutely. that left foot. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought she looked very comfortable last night. Uh, a big win for Brighton as well, by the way. Brighton 2, Reading 1. I think 5,000 turning up for that game. A big win for Brighton uh, and disappointment for Reading. Uh, Leicester 0, Aston Villa 2. Risha, let's go there because that's your side, Aston Villa. Uh, a big three points yesterday, but so many of the players on Instagram and Twitter talking about how ugly and not pretty the game was. What was so ugly about it? I can't lie. I was watching it and I started screaming at the TV because it was doing my head in. <laughs> we just, you know, but I think the, 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 the most important thing is before the game, if you said we're getting three points and it's going to be a terrible game, we would have bit your hand off for it. So we're happy to get another three points on the table. We just didn't control the game. You know, I think that's something we're going to look to improve on this season going forward, especially with all the new signings we've made. We've made we've got players in the team now that are, let's be honest, superstars. Rachel yeah. Daly, Kenza Daly, they are big name players. And we're going to look to try and dominate more possession in games. But I think we were just forcing it a lot. You know, we've we've got into this habit where we're we keep going forward when we don't necessarily have to go forward. We can slow down, control the game, look after the ball. We made it more transitional than it had to be. And I think that's why we were probably disappointed. But look, again, job done. We got the three points. We work and we go again. I just couldn't believe all the tweets yesterday. Like, not the prettiest game. Not the prettiest game we played. That was quite an ugly game of football. And I'm like, what was so bad with it? But Well, I think sense. everyone must have been sitting on the bus together looking at what each other was posting. And maybe they just <laughs> thought, right, I'll take that from you. You write that and I'll write that too. That must have been it. 
It looked like there was actual copy and paste jobs going on as well. <laughs> uh, another goal as well from Rachel Daly, who, of course, is a household name now, being part of the Lionesses side, usually playing at left back, as we know her preferred position on the pitch is as a striker. And clearly she's uh, she's doing the job well at Aston Villa up there, scoring that penalty yesterday. Absolutely. Look, she's actually now my, my new favourite player. Is she? She's so good. Oh, she's quality. What a player she is. She's such a waste at left back for England. But I don't think she'll be playing there now. It'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. But she is going to be huge for Aston Villa this season. Keeping her fit, keeping her on the pitch is going to be vital to where we finish this season. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, because I think you're quite a hard person to please. It's good to hear you say that somebody's your new favourite. So she, I mean, I I know obviously I've seen what she can do, but... uh, Interesting to hear how good you think she is. Uh, Emily Gilnick as well, making it 2-0 yesterday. Uh, I, I feel happy for the likes of Emily Gilnick to get that goal because coming in as the striker last season, and uh, it didn't quite hit the mark, did it? No, I think um, Gilnick had a, a tough start to the season. She came in, she scored a great goal against Brighton, and during that game, she broke her foot. So she was out for a while with that, and then you have to come back, you have to get fit, you have to then get back in the team, get get match fitness back, mm-hmm. and you know it was a, it was tough for her, but. Right now, I think she's she's looking fit again. She came back into pre-season and she had um, a problem with her calf. So again, now she's overcome that. She's back. She's fit. And mm. she's looking to just get minutes. And she'll be delighted to get a goal. It's great for any forward. It's great for the confidence, you know, give them a real boost. And she'll be looking forward to get back into training this week and, you know, crack on from there. How how tall is she? Just asking for a friend. Uh, she, she looks like a giant. Yeah, she's a tall girl. I'm not sure if she has six foot. Is she just on six foot or just under it? I don't know. I'll ask her tomorrow. I'll get back to you. Thank you. She looks bigger. Um, So what's next then for Aston Villa? Who have you got next, Risha? We have a County Cup game at the weekend. I think it's on Saturday against Manchester United. So, you know, that'll be be a juicy game to kick off the County Cup. And then it will be an international break and we'll come back and then we play West Ham, I believe. So um, good, good games coming ahead for us. When do you think you're going to be back on the pitch? Is that... The return of the international break? Are you still a few weeks after that? I think it's Jalember 2025. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully soon. You know, like I said, hopefully I get the scan and then we can crack on from there. I think the physio, worst case scenario, is saying another five weeks, but I've told her it'll be three weeks. So we'll oh. see what happens. Aim high, aim high, do that. Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly here on TalkSport 2. Risha Littlejohn from Aston Villa is with me. My name's Shaban, in for Fake and others. And coming up next, we'll round up the rest of the week's news and take a look at the Women's Championship as well on TalkSport 2. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Women's Football Weekly. That is absolute top quality on TalkSport 2. Good evening, how you doing? You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. My name's Shaban, and alongside me is Aston Villa's Rusha Littlejohn. I'm in for Fake and others tonight for one night only. And don't forget, we're available on a podcast, so don't forget, plenty of places you can download us. But first, head to the TalkSport app to find us there. You can obviously subscribe elsewhere as well. So let's take a moment to discuss the attendances over the weekend at the games in the WSL. 
Emma Hayes, Chelsea manager, has spoke to Talk Sports Joe Shannon after their win over Manchester City. And with the attendances increasing, she says she's noticed many more boys and men attending the games as well. Listen to the fans behind us. I'm, I'm glad they're drowning me out. Her looks like she's given. Oh, oh my God! Look, the fans are so excited. Sam's coming over. Yeah, l- listen to it. It's growing. And let let me be clear: the fans I'm talking about are all boys and men. There are no small girls there. They're coming over to see Sam Kerr, like she's one of their own. Is that something that you've noticed that is a bit different? You know, unbelievably so. Yeah, the growing numbers of men coming to our games. Chelsea manager Emma Hayes there on the attendances at the WSL. Uh, Risha Littlejohn is with me now. Risha, you mentioned this at the start of the show with the North London derby. You said the amount of uh, guys and men and groups uh, who are now moving over from supporting the men to the women as well um, and how important that is. And actually on Saturday at the North London derby at full time, I was walking down the stairs because I was doing something pitch side and there was a group of like four big burly guys like loving life, cheering, celebrating. And I, and I just, I kind of smiled at them and, you know, thought that's just, it felt unusual, but also brilliant to see. Yeah, absolutely. I think me me and Emma Hayes are great minds, think alike. So that's, that's good to hear. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was really noticeable for me um, at the game at the Emirates. I don't know if Arsenal had maybe tied something into people, men's season tickets, then they can come along and come to the women's games too. I'm not sure how they've marketed that there, but it was really great to see and, there was so many, but I think that's good the way the game's going. You know, people are now more open-minded for it. Like at Arsenal, we've got Ian Wright, and he's a great ambassador for the women's game. You know, he really gets behind it and supports it. So more people like that that get involved, the better. Uh, I put a thing up on uh, Instagram on Saturday after the Women's North London Derby, just dancing at the side of the pitch, and Ian Wright commented on it with a clap and smiley face. So basically, I'm pretty cool. That's so he probably didn't eat his Sunday dinner, that's what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the attendance is though 47,367 uh, at the Emirates also Brighton against Reading 5,222 uh, that game we know that your game Aston Villa uh, went to the King Power to face Leicester a smaller audience there of 2,713 but you know we have been discussing how Leicester and Villa still being relatively new into the Women's Super League are taking that bit more time to build a fan base yeah I agree, and I think we've seen with Villa that we play our home games at Walsall, so, you know, it's just a wee bit outside Birmingham. So it's hard to, you know, target the Aston Villa fans to get them all out there. I know it's not far, far, but, you know, it's hard if it's, like we say, our target audience is probably a lot of kids and children that are at school and they rely on parents to get them there. So Mm. if we can have stuff in a, you know, closer to home, that would be great. But I think I seen a a tweet earlier and it was about 80,000, 85,000 for the attendances for this week's um, games. Yeah, so. I can't count to 10, but I'm going through the numbers now. And yeah, I was actually thinking, is it more 90,000? Uh, it looks like, but like I say, I can't count. So I'm going to go for the higher number. <laughs> uh, West Ham, Man United, 2,104. Chelsea against Manchester City, 4,403. And Liverpool against Everton, 27,574. That's the one that really took me back uh, because Liverpool, I think, are doing it so well. Everton's such a big club as well. But over last season, even with Liverpool being in the championship, they kept bringing fan bases out they kept bringing you, you know like Trent Alexander-Arnold was going out on a Sunday night to watch the Liverpool women um, and you would see it kind of on t- uh, on Twitter when it was happening and I, and I think that's a real good representation of getting people there um, and getting the fan base over to the women's side as well yeah absolutely but we've seen that during the Euros didn't we mm-hmm. when um, the men's players were rocking up to training wearing um, a female shirt with the name on the back yeah. and I think the kind of that is really going to help the women's game because when people look up and go Oh, there's there's Trent, there's Trent wearing um, a, a Liverpool like a Kieran top. Like, yeah, people are going to go. Oh, this is okay. We can we can watch women's football. The the guys players do it, so we can do it too. And mm-hmm. it's like this. Um, it creates this kind of feeling where people then find it acceptable. But it's obviously it is acceptable. But for some reason, you know, some people turn their nose up at women's football. Mm-hmm. But times are changing. The game is growing, and you know, people are now getting really getting stuck behind it. But I think you know. A big shout out and a big lot of respect goes to the England women's team at the Euros for, you know, how well they've done and for winning the tournament. So I think that has a lot to do with it. 
Fair enough. Um, okay, championship roundup. Just while we're here as well, it was Sunderland 2, Charlton Athletic 3, Lewis 2, Sheffield Wednesday 2, London City Lionesses managed 3-0 against Durham Women, Birmingham City, Russia, your old side in the championship now, three goals over two goals to Coventry, Blackburn 1, Crystal Palace 3 and Bristol City 1, Southampton 1. Early days, Russia, but your thoughts on Birmingham? You've been there before. Uh, it was a shame to see them go down last season after such a long time and one of the founder clubs of the WSL um, but can you see them coming back up or are there other teams there looking to make their way up to the WSL It's not an easy league the championship it, it won't be straightforward for Birmingham and I think we've seen already they've dropped a few points um, last week or the week before was it um, so it's not going to be easy at all it's a tough league I think one of the interesting results there was the London City game v Durham yeah. Mm. you know one that's a massive win for London City so that's going to be um, huge going forward but I think the rest of the, the teams are all went full time and turned professional I think they all won their games so it's going to be such a competitive league and I'm not really sure who will come out of it I did say at the start I think Birmingham but now I'm looking at the likes of Bristol and I think mm. they are quietly going about their business and they'll be one to watch even Palace as well we know that there's money going in there yep. as well and that's the difference when the money goes in that stopped at Birmingham and and, and they ended up in the championship but when teams are starting to pump in that money and and go fully professional it's making such a difference um but yeah we'll be interested to see how it goes we'll keep you posted here on women's football weekly on talk sport too uh, that's all we've got time for rusha little john from aston villa thank you very much and all the best for your recovery okay thanks for having me guys thank you Anytime, Bradley Hayden, one of our producers, producer Will, and of course, all of you all for listening. As ever, thank you very much and have a wonderful evening. And don't forget, if you've missed any of the show live, download Women's Football Weekly, the podcast via the TalkSport app. If you haven't got the TalkSport app yet, what you do and download it now, you can listen to all of our shows and listen back to them as well. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson, and me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix. From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of Howard Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here.